The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you're here. Glad you're listening Glad you're out there living your life and participating in recovery and spiritual growth. And it's just great because it's, that's what life's about, I think. Thank you so much for posting on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and for liking us on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. That's great. Great to have you participating. And thank you very much for sending your emails and you're letting me know how it's going for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. And it's just great. Sounds like people are doing great, doing lots of good stuff, and that is absolutely wonderful. And I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community, your other circles of spiritual growth and friendship, your family, thank you for letting everybody know about us here on Spirit of Recovery, letting them know what we're doing, that we're broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality right here on Unity Online Radio, and that what we're doing is making a difference, that it's touching your heart, giving you some inspiration, some new ideas, opening new awarenesses about what's possible in recovery. And every week we bring you topics that are important to the recovery community and guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. We're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can uh, listen, of course, live via your computer, your via your smart device, you can go to Stitcher.com and download their app, and you can, of course, listen on demand. We've got lots of great archived programs, and so anytime, go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery and uh, see what you can find in the great archives that we've got. Lots of good topics and wonderful guests. Also, if you would like to financially support Unity Online Radio and the Spirit of Recovery and the other great programs that are on Unity Online Radio, you can do that very easily by using your smartphone. You can make a one-time gift or you can make a recurring contribution. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 
and you will be able to make those contributions. And what you do makes a difference. So we appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to financially support this network, that's fabulous. I want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place so that if you are a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone that has the disease of addiction and either you are in your own recovery as a family member or friend or not or whether or not your loved one or your friend is in uh, recovery from the disease of an addiction or whether you're just curious about recovery, we're glad you're here. You're welcome. Uh, we look forward to you listening, and we're just fantastic with you writing in a question, emailing that in, or calling um, a question or a comment that you've got for my guest. Um, everybody's welcome here. We're very glad that you're here. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And... Um, 33 years ago, those relationships were a catalyst that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and my walk is one of integration of unity principles, recovery principles, and uh, boy, I'm grateful. It keeps transforming my life, keeps me growing, keeps me discovering um, in greater ways my relationship to spirit, and so um, I am just delighted and to have the opportunity to share ideas about recovery and spirituality with you and to bring you great guests and great topics. So today, all right, we've got another great topic. It's interesting, I know, as they all are, but I know you're going to find this fascinating because it is about that uh, topic um, that I think for some of us in recovery that is challenging. I found it challenging, and I call that the T word, which is trust. And my guest today is going to be talking with us about finding freedom, finding trust. And um, as we know, recovery is a continuous process of opening ourselves to deeper healing and to greater freedom. And um, the paradox is, is that we find freedom as we heal whatever the hurts have been, that, you know, those things that they were our best efforts at self-protection, but Sometimes those efforts at self-protection uh, from hurts and old experiences, they, they keep us hiding out from life, and they really keep us distrustful. But my guest today, Richard C., who um, is going to be talking with us about how he has um, found some new avenues of trust, some new uh, healing of some old hurts in his past, and much to his surprise, it has led him to greater freedom. Richard C. has been a guest here before with us on Spirit of Recovery. He always brings us great ideas and lots of enthusiasm. Richard is a person in long-term recovery. He's been in recovery since 1974, and he has continued uh, all these years to live his recovery. He's not just sitting on a rock somewhere. He is working that recovery in lots and lots of ways. And um, through that, again, he's found a new trust and a new freedom that he didn't know was possible. Richard is a Unity student. He is a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong. He's a blogger. He's a spiritual retreat leader. And um, he has, uh, you can find his blog on isthermorethanthesteps.blogspot.com. That is, that blog is Is There More Than the Steps, which no spaces in there, dot blogspot.com. And you can see other things that uh, Richard writes. So Richard, thanks for being with us today and sharing with us about trust and freedom. Appreciate it. 
Well, you're quite welcome, man, and I uh, hope this guy comes by. I'd like to meet him. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, guy <laughs> this, guy, this guy named Richard. This guy Richard. You know, I, I was listening to your intro uh, on the welcoming community, and golly sakes, maybe all of humanity is welcome here. You bet they are. Tell, tell me more. Why do you say that? Well, I, I'm in my in my circles of love and friendship today. It's hard to find a complete family, an entire family, that didn't have some problem in it, and, and probably some addictive problem. Mm-hmm. So the entire family is affected. Uh, we all know that. So I just wonder if there's uh, a family hanging out there that is really free, and the whole family tree is immune to uh, this addiction thing. I've never found one yet. Yeah, me either. Yeah, you know, addiction is so common, um, as you're saying. I think that even as we're, you know, scientifically in the medical uh, field, that we're learning more and more about brain chemistry, that, um, you know, we're just learning a lot more about how our brains work and how the whole addictive process works. And so, you know, it's it's just common. It's just something I think that that gets going in, in humans maybe because of our brains and so forth so it's a yeah it's a an interesting situation an interesting well, it seems situation. In, uh, in the last two years or so the neurological field and science in general is starting to catch up with our spirituality um, yes, thousands, and thousands of years we've lived you know the truth and we didn't know why we didn't know how but we did mm-hmm. and now science is saying well we can probably start telling you why mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that's exciting that's so exciting yeah, it really is. It is. Now, I know that you, as we, as I said in the introduction, and you've talked about this before, that you are a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong, and that I think is related to what you're just saying about the about science and the brain and spirituality, because those are both disciplines that are they're physical disciplines, um, Tai Chi and Qigong, but they have a real effect on spirituality. Say some more about what oh, you've abso- learned. Absolutely. Uh, without. You know, as a teacher uh, with the general public, sometimes it's really hard to convey to the students that what we're dealing with is our own energy. And another name for that energy is God. Mm -hmm. And we certainly don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to have any lawsuits. But we want to get them the message. Well, the Chinese thousands of years ago have recognized that the energy within was created by an entity. If you want to call it the Tao, if you want to call it Buddha, I don't care. But they they started working with that energy on an interior way. It was an inside job. And now that passed down knowledge is uh, being used in the Western world more and more for uh, meditative and healing properties. And I think that uh, this year, this past year was the year of Tai Chi. Uh, Jet Li, Jackie Chan, those guys put a lot of money and a lot of effort into trying to bring spirituality via Tai Chi or Qigong or even Kung Fu to the, uh, to the general public in the, in the world. And I, I just see in my small area here, Port Charlotte, Florida, we are elder. We have a very elder community. And these people are responding to the spirit. That spirit may come in the form of 24 steps or 18 moves or a standing meditation but it's still the spirit, and that's what they're really responding to as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. So I just think that uh, we're taking knowledge and demonstrations from thousands of years ago and putting them into 
practice today with some success, I think. Right. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, Richard, that you have, uh, as I said, you got into recovery in 1974, but you haven't just been sitting on a rock and kind of counting the days. You've really been doing a lot of things, and that's contributed to you finding freedom and finding trust. What have you, and I know you've done a lot of different things to support your spirituality and your recovery and your personal growth and so forth. Tell us some of the things that you have done, Richard, that have helped you to keep growing um, in recovery. Well, first of all, I have to admit that, you know, there's two sides to a balance sheet. There's the negative and the positive. And although I've been around these rooms and these steps for for 41 years, uh, there is a negative side. I mean, I am a human being. I have had my opportunity to make mistakes, and I've done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the balance sheet today, though, I'd rather talk about the positive side, but uh, the negative side is there. I, you know, I wanted to come to recovery and be perfect, but at ten and a half years, at nineteen years, and, and a few years after that, I made some serious errors in life, and that was in judgment. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't equipped to make the right judgments. I, I like many, am a product of an alcoholic environment in my uh, youth. I, was, I come from a broken home. Uh, I had to grow up at the age of 32 and then the age of 58. I kept growing. But I wasn't equipped, I don't think, to make good, rational, right decisions for all the days of my uh, attendance here in these 12-step programs. However, I have made some very solid, good, life-changing decisions that I would love to talk about. Sure. Uh, in, the, in the past uh, two years, I've had to come to grips with some childhood thought processes that I so locked out, I so denied, I didn't even know they existed. So at the age of 70, 71, I found myself working with a phenomenal a mental health specialist who helped me open my eyes uh, to what is really going, what was really going on with me. And I, I mean, I like so many other people in recovery. I've done these steps literally hundreds of times, sponsoring people with my own sponsors, literally hundreds of times. But if you can't pull that out of your subconscious, then it's not only denial; you just don't know it. And that's where I was. I was, I was absolutely ignorant about my own, some of my own thought processes. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this therapist opened my eyes. Um, he put me in the right direction, and I started working on some character defects that were just, they were hurting me and uh, hurting some of those around me. While I have never in, in all these years thought of drinking physically, some of the spiritual and emotional thought processes that go on in me uh, that is my humanity showing out or are tantamount to actually picking up a drink. Uh, mm-hmm. So if people think think that you're going to come to recovery and everything is going to be Pollyanna and la, 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 I got news for you. Growing up at the age of 58, 65, and 71 is tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line to all that was uh, I was able to move on in life. I had to... Uh, it was necessary for me to leave a marriage. Uh, that, that was the catalyst. Yeah, I've said this before in your program, and I'm going to reiterate it. I think from my own personal thinking, the God of the understanding that I know 
has various and sundry angels hanging around. And when I'm supposed to be doing something and I just, for whatever reason, don't do it, I think the angels get together on my couch over there and they go, look, he's just not doing it. You know, he's not getting it yet. And they devise all kinds of schemes to push me in the right direction. So this divorce that I just recently went through nearly two years ago opened my eyes by the use of the therapist to um, a number of thought processes I should have been having. And in that effort, I was able to see the truth, as I know it today. And that truth ended up being meeting a wonderful partner who is not in recovery, other than recovering from the trials and tribulations of birth. But, uh, but she's able to live her life like I've always dreamed. And I've been working for over a year now with this therapist, and we were able to come together and actually be married on 27th of December of last year. Mm -hmm. So I'm being treated with love and respect and trust, and I'm actually providing that back as a mirror. And that's been the first time in a long time that I've I've been able to do that uh, as a happy, joyous, and free human being. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. It's like it's like you kept, you know, I I believe but that a big um principle of spirituality is how we respond to what occurs in our lives. And are we using it to help us keep growing or, or are we letting it hammer us in the ground? So it sounds like whatever it was that happened for you in the marriage that you left, you didn't just let that hammer you, you you used that to grow. Use that experience. Well, you know, it's so trite uh, for the, you know to be in recovery, and everybody keeps saying to you, "Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing." You know, you try to do the next right thing, and you may not even have the the uh, adequate abilities to do the next right thing. You don't even know what the next right thing is, mm-hmm. and then to, as you said, get hammered by making your own mistakes, which is your humanity. Mm-hmm. If you go under at that point, then you go under. Or you could rise up and say, there's got to be something better. The God of my understanding wants me to be free. And uh, I shared with you earlier uh, in the month that I went to two Unity White Stone ceremonies this year, and independently, the same name came up, and that name is free. I am free. I am All right. free. I know to that, Richard. Backwards. It's time okay, for a break. You. But we're going to, this is great. So when we come back, we're going to find out some more about those white stone ceremonies, and you got the word free. All right, listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back. Our topic is finding freedom, finding trust. My guest is Richard C., a man in long-term recovery who keeps on growing and doing the work. We'll be right back. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, Please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower. 
a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is finding freedom, finding trust. And my guest is Richard C. Richard is a person in long-term recovery. He got into recovery in 1974. And he has just continued to grow since then and and really focus on his spiritual development and um, and his relationships with people. Richard is a student of unity. He has been in unity for a long time and practices the unity spiritual principles. He is also a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong. And he is a blogger. You can read his blog at isthermorethanthesteps.blogspot.com. And Richard's also a spiritual retreat leader. And uh, Richard's been on my program here before, and he's just great. He's got lots of wisdom and life experience and lots of honesty to share. So before we get back to uh, my conversation with Richard about finding freedom, finding trust, take a moment with me, the Serenity Minute, to take a moment to relax, to find your... Uh, relationship with your higher power to let yourself focus with me on a constructive idea and to take just a moment in the quiet to uh, make that conscious contact with your higher power. So our constructive idea today is I trust my higher power and I find joyful freedom. I trust my higher power And I find joyful freedom. And we take a moment in the quiet.
thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that it was an opportunity to take just a moment to make that conscious contact with your higher power who definitely loves us. And so now we are back to my conversation with my guest, Richard C., talking about finding freedom, finding trust. So, Richard, you were telling us that before the um, before the break here that you went to two Unity Whitestone ceremonies. Now, first got to tell us a little bit about those because it may not be that everybody listening knows what a Whitestone ceremony is. So tell us briefly what that is and then tell us what you found because you got something pretty pretty special there. So what's a Whitestone ceremony in Unity? Certainly, uh, the Whitestone ceremony that uh, we hold in Unity and, and a couple other philosophies also do, but it's based on the Scripture, Revelations 2, 17, uh, based on the, the ancient philosophy that when a prisoner is uh, let loose after doing his time, he would be given a white stone, and on that white stone would, would come the name, his new name of freedom, uh, what he would be. So today in unity, we take that name as some aspect uh, that we will look for in the coming year. And through power of uh, prayer and meditation, during the ceremony, you take a little white stone, actually marble chips that come from Hebron, and uh, in the meditation, uh, something will come to you. The spirit of life will reveal something. And this year, on two separate occasions, uh, the, the word free, F-R-E-E, came up, and I have a stone that I carry around with me uh, and, and watch it, and it's got, I'm free. It's just a reminder that I've done my time, I've done my penance, whether that's for my entire life or just this last year. I've done my time, and I am free. There's a, a song in our wind book of unity, I am free and I am unlimited. And I just chant that thing to myself constantly. I just love the idea of it. I am free, I am unlimited, and there are no chains to bind me. So that's what the, the, the White Stone Ceremony is all about. Mm-hmm. And Thank to, you. this year, this is the first time out of 20-some years that I've ever had the word free pop up. Hmm. So, so let's go back to trust. Yeah, all right. So trust, I know they're related. So let's go back to trust. How, tell us about trust. I'll give you a working example of trust. Uh, after I went through my divorce and done all my heavy work with the, with the uh, therapist and with my sponsor and in some 12-step meetings and doing some real catharsis uh, and meditating and looking inside, I decided that I, in fact, uh, wanted to ask this, uh, this lady to marry me because I, I felt that she was the one that I should have married years ago. Uh, but I decided I wanted to do something correct. I wanted to do it right. Uh, unfortunately, her three children, their, uh, their father is not alive, so I went to the three children independently and asked them if I could marry their mother. <laughs> and the answer I kept getting from these children was, we trust that you'll take care of her. And they kept using the word, we trust that you'll take care of her. We trust. And, I, and I, trust wasn't a big word in my vocabulary. I had been mistrusted for so long uh, that I didn't feel, I, I didn't know what it was about. It was, a, it was not a good word for me. So these children kept saying, we trust that you'll take care of her. And these are and adults, I, of course. Her children are adults. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're between 45 and 50 years old. Okay. They're adult children, with, with, and they've lived their lives. 
And I find out, as I went to my own children, who are all between 44 and 50, they also said, we trust you know what you're doing. We trust that you're being... These kids are using words, the word trust. When I didn't, I shied away from it because I always felt like either A, I could not trust anybody, or B, I felt mistrusted. So I started thinking about this, and I started thinking about the spiritual idea that we are a mirror for most people, and we are a mirror for the spirit of life. And I thought if all six of these adult, grown children can use that word trust in two different ways, at least, for me, then maybe I should really look at this word. And this year, I have just run that word out. I've tried to use it in every sentence I can. I tried to use it every way I can. And the day came when I asked this, this beautiful woman to marry me, and she looked at me and she says, I trust you, I know that you love me, and boy, I'll tell you, that word trust just, my head was ringing like Notre Dame. So I think in this last year, uh, that word has opened so many new avenues to me. I feel, I feel that I'm actually moving into the plane that I should have been, well, years ago, but obviously I'm in the right place, so. So that's my working demonstration of uh, trust these days. Had a great result, for sure. Well, yeah, and it's, not, you know, it's nice to be trusted, but you know, in recovery circles, uh, trust is a very tough thing to, to come to. When you come to a recovery program of some sort and you're broken in some manner by some addictive process, you're broken. Your vocabulary is limited. It's like, I am no good. I am real bad. I am not worthy. I, you know, your vocabulary is really limited. Mm-hmm. So as you grow, if you don't grow into that sunlight of the spirit, you're just kind of muttering along. You're just kind of dawdling along. And at some point in time, you know, life will give you the opportunity to say either grow or go. And uh, nobody likes to do that. But think that happens. So, uh, I think in this last year and a half, uh, I've had one of my, it's time to wake up and grow up, and all the angels decided that they knew how to fix that. <laughs> and uh, as a result of that, uh, I think I've, I've learned the true value of trust today. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me, okay, you said that you, you used the word a lot and you this last year, and, and then people were telling you that. So tell us some more, Richard, about trust and why it didn't used to mean anything to you or it wasn't in your world, but now it is. Tell us more in depth. Crack it open. What does it mean? <laughs> you are a sly one, Anna. I am. Okay. That's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can trust me to ask you important questions, right, Richard? <laughs> well, I came to my addictions, addictive substances at 11 years old. And I didn't get to any form of recovery whatsoever until 32 years old. So for 21 years, I acted out my basic philosophy of life, and I trusted nobody. I was the one that always got the first hit in with the ball bat. I was the one that always stole the biggest amount. I was always the one that was faster than everybody and never got caught. So I not only didn't trust anybody, I didn't trust myself. So when I came to this recovery process, in 1974, I was, I was still sitting in the corner with my back there. I didn't trust anybody behind me. Uh, I was still the one that was doing, I was in the, the American military during this time, and I was doing things that 
my leaders probably wouldn't have trusted me very much if they had known all the things I was doing. Mm-hmm. It's a slow process. It took me 21 years to get here. It took a whole lot of long time that I started outgrowing, discovering and outgrowing childhood, aberrant childhood behavior. You know, when people, when people grow up and go through preteen and through teenhood, I blew right past that. I, I didn't even stop there. I just kept right on going. So I had to do that uh, in my 40s, my 50s. And all the adults around me are trying to be adults. And emotionally and mentally, at times, I wasn't there. I was just playing catch-up. So how can I possibly trust anybody when I'm still having these immature emotional thought processes of mistrust. So if I don't trust myself and I don't trust them, I'm in trouble. So in the later years, uh, in the last actually three years, that's all been changing. Uh, my students, and I started teaching seven years ago in Tai Chi Chicago. My students show me implicit trust. You know, and that was one of the real beginnings of I need to show these people that I am trustworthy because they are showing me that they are trusting of me. And that's good practice. The people I sponsor in this fellowship, I started going to them with just bold face honesty saying, look, we need to trust each other. You need, I need to tell you what's going on in my life, and you need to tell me. That way we can be as clean as we can with each other. So it's just a, a number of things that have, uh, have come together uh, in a conflagration that says you're going to grow. Whether you like it or not, you're going to grow. This is your time. And I don't care how long people have been in this fellowship, there's always a way to grow, always a way to grow. So those are things that I've, I, in the last two, three years or so, that have come together like a star crossing to say it's time for Richard to grow up. Mm-hmm. Now, Richard, a little before uh, the break, I think it was, even you were today, you were talking about how, you just didn't know. I mean, you'd been done the steps, you know, as you say, literally probably hundreds of times. But, and you're talking now about that you had these immature emotional responses, but yet you didn't, you didn't know. So no. how does that work? And I know you said your angels get together on the couch, I guess, when, when they say <laughs> he, he's not, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. But, but, so how does that work? How do you get aware? How do those angels work this? Well, yeah, as you said, you crack that, crack that uh, seal and the light comes in. Uh, I think the most, most of the time in my life, in recovery at least, I, but awareness is a, painful, is a painful situation. Something has usually happened. I'll use this example. Uh, Guy sits there every day and says, I hate my job. I hate my job. He goes home and tells his family, I hate my job. I hate my job. And everybody says, well, why don't you get another job? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, get, I get make good money. I hate my job. One day, the angels get together and says, you know, this guy hates his job, he thinks. So let's help him grow. Let's help him move on. Next day, he gets fired. Now, he, he doesn't hate his job anymore. He doesn't have one. And he's forced to look at the situation and say, i got to go find a job. And he does. And he's happy in his job. So here I am going through life in recovery, thinking that I'm always doing the right thing. And that's just a little bit of a, a sham. 
And all of a sudden, things start happening in my life, and I'm looking around talking to my sponsor saying, why are these things occurring? And their counsel to me was, you need to look inside because the answers are all there. As in painful now, things start, are happening, right, Richard? Painful tests. Oh, yeah. But these yeah. are things that I'm not creating. Things are happening around me. It's like I'm seeing this slideshow go on, and I'm not sure why I'm seeing it. <clears throat> and then at a certain point within the slideshow, the, the end and the plot is revealed, and it's like, uh-oh, I need to figure out how to deal with this. I am not equipped. You know, as a child growing up, I was, I was actually very uh, physically uh, frail from asthma and, and all allergies and things that go with that. So my mother, bless her heart, kept telling me, use your brains. You're not really strong, but use your brains, use your brains. You're smart, you're smart. Well, for the formative years of my life, from five to ten years old, I figured I was just smarter than most everybody. And I had report cards to show for it. And I was a smart person. But at the age of 11, I became very afraid of things in life. And then my addictive addiction started to kick, uh, kicked in. Well, I had 21 years of aberrant thinking of, I am smart, I am great, I am smart, I am afraid. And that's just absolutely uh, emotionally disturbing thinking. And that's what I was doing. And the only way to quell all that is with some substance, some practice, some thought process that says, I won't deal with it. I'll just check out and be wherever I am. I'll just be. <clears throat> so you come to recovery and you get the surface stuff and you get a little bit deeper and you go into your psyche and everybody says, oh, you worked the 12 steps. You're doing really great. Uh, you got a job. You got a family, la, la, la. And meanwhile, inside you're going, I think it's just aren't quite right yet, you know. These aren't just perfect. Um, then you get into various things going on around you, uh, in your family, in your close friends, your circle of friends, in the fellowship, uh, at work. And it's like, I don't know how to deal with this. You know, I'm, I'm 58 years old. How can I deal with this? And uh, that's when things really open up inside of you. You have... You have to become very honest with yourself because otherwise you feel yourself slipping down. Spiritually and emotionally, if you just get a little whacked out, the next thing is to start back into your addiction. So those are scary places. Right. And you have to learn to, to find help, to ask for help. <laughs> and yeah. I've just been so blessed with that. You have, and thank you for saying that, Richard, because that's really the, that's the key to real recovery is to keep, dealing with what comes up and not, you know, hide out from it, not be embarrassed, not be ashamed, and find other people, as you're saying, resources, either people in recovery and or people who can, professionals or whoever can really support you and really hear you. Because that's, in my book, recovery is about finding your soul. It's about, you know, finding yourself, and it's not about looking good. It's about being being real and and finding God and finding who you are. And that, well, you, you know, the beginning of last year, uh, I picked up. Oh, here we go. It's time for our break. We'll be right back. And my gotcha. guest is Richard C. We're talking about finding freedom, finding trust, and we'll be right back and talk about the importance of keeping on addressing what shows up for us in recovery. Stay with us. What if you could experience vibrant health? help heal the planet and be a great friend to god's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast lunch and dinner 
Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you are just joining us, our topic today is finding freedom, finding trust. My guest is Richard C. Richard has been in recovery since 1974, and he has been facing life and growing all those years and and dealing with what shows up and finding his higher power and finding himself in the midst of that. Um, Richard is also... Uh, a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong. He is a longtime Unity student. He lives these Unity principles. He's a blogger. You can find his blog at isthermorethanthesteps.blogspot.com, and he's a spiritual retreat leader. So, Richard, before the break, we were having a great discussion about how we're worth it to keep on doing what we need to do in recovery when we reach those hard spots, get some help, reach out for help to whomever can really hear us. So, Tell us some more about that. How do you keep doing that, Richard? What works? Well, one of the things that's worked this last year is uh, I realized, uh, again, is early in my recovery, uh, I was sponsoring some people, and my, my sponsor at that time says, uh, do you love these people? I said, of course. They're kind of like extended family, brothers and sisters. He said, then why don't you check out that program that's for the loved ones of the alcoholics? I thought about that, thought about that, so I did. I attended Al-Anon for a long time, and then life came, and I just went on. And this last year, I have revisited uh, my Al-Anon program, and I've once again 
come back to Elrond thinking that uh, my addiction is not the only thing in my life that could be possibly need help. And expanding that out into extended families, all the, the men that I sponsor, uh, all my other sponsors, I need to trust everybody, and I need to show trust to everybody. And I find that the members of al have a very uh, special way of doing that, and that's by taking care of themselves uh, and allowing their addictive person in their life to just go ahead and do what they're supposed to do. But they trust their higher power that all things are going to be right and well. And in those thinkings, it's like, well, if I don't trust the God of my understanding, then I'm in real trouble because that's the significance of my life. And I need to practice the spiritual law of my affairs, the trusting of my higher power has led me to say, it doesn't matter how many times I go down, it doesn't matter how many times I'm wrong, I have the opportunity to correct it and go on and live. And I trust my higher power to do that. So that's, that's, that's been another facet for me this, this year is to pick up uh, that, that attendance at uh, Alan along with my other program. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful because it, it is, it, you know, helps with those relationships and, as you say, with self-care and, um, and kind of dealing with what, what do you do when you love people, you know, and they're doing things that maybe aren't seeming to take them in a positive direction. And how do you trust, you know, how do you trust your higher power? How do you do that? So how do you do well, that? You, know, you can't see your higher my, power. My, in, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. In my no. unity philosophy, you know, I have been taught that whenever I could see or bring the hand of my higher power into a situation, Regardless of my human perception, and I do suffer, you know, disease of perception. Regardless of my perception, everybody's a winner. Everybody is a winner. I, it, it just may not seem like it on a human level, but once it all plays out in the very end, people look back and say it happened for the best, whatever it is. It always happened for the best, and the only way that can happen is if I do trust this this power deep within me. If I don't do that, I'm just kind of lost. I'm just like a ship without a rudder. I have nowhere to go. So that 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 belief in a power greater myself that will, in fact, uh, take care of all things right, big and small, uh, pays off when you get your, your, your back up against the wall. You want now what do I do? And then you recover for a long time. Things are going to hell in a handbasket quickly. What happens? And that's when you turn to that power greater yourself and say, once again, you have to save me. What's going on? And you have to keep doing that. You just have to. You can't stop. Really important. Really important. How do you do it? And I know there's no one right. There's no like technique. But would you share with us, Richard, some more about what? How does how does that work for you? It, what do you do to to turn to your higher power and say, "Help me"? How do you do it? Again, there's no run right way, but it helps us all no, here. No, there's here not. How we... there, there really isn't. I, uh-huh. I, I guess it's like there's no right way. You just have to do it. I don't care if you do it with a paper and pencil. I don't care if you look inside and yell at your mate or you don't yell or you stand out in the middle of a ball field and scream help. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just reaching to anything that's greater than yourself is the way to start reducing yourself or reducing your problems. I am so privileged. I am so fortunate 
to live with a, 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 a spouse now that has a profound and power, powerful belief in the power greater than, than themselves. I'm so privileged to have students that will stand with me and work with me in Tai Chi and Qigong that they may call it one thing and I may call it the Tao, but we're really sitting there hanging together in our energy that this is okay, this is going to work. So I, you know, I've built a life around me, uh, both my addictive program and Alan, my marriage, my kids, my Tai Chi, my Qigong, all of that says I am in an envelope of energy that I can reach out and touch anytime I have to. I wasn't always that way. I had to work towards that. But, you know, now today, I enjoy that support and that love. That's wonderful. How does that give you freedom? How does this trust now that you are continuing to develop in your higher power, in yourself, in your wife, in your friends, in your recovery community, how does that help you be free? When I came to this, when I came to recovery, I was one of those people that had grown up to be a pathological liar. When it was better to tell the truth in a situation, I would still lie. So over the years, I had to learn to start sharing the truth. No matter how many times I got myself slapped for it, I had to share the truth. And a few times in my life you know, that I have not done that, that is very hard work. That's just gut-wrenching stuff. And it's, it's very hard. It's, it's tough on the emotions. It's tough on everything. So now I've come along in life to the point where I've made restitution. I've done the best I could to clean up my past. I live in today. I live in this moment where God is the understanding lives. And I am free. I don't have any mental baggage. I don't have many mental hang-ups. Doesn't mean five minutes from now I'm not going to have one. But in this moment that you and I are sharing, I am a self self-contained, happy, joyous, and free spiritual being just for this moment. And that's where I live, in this moment. I, don't, I try not to get out of that. I just live in this moment with the God of my understanding. My thinking is clear. My thinking is, is free of, of exacerbating and wrong ideas. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I haven't got my angels' wings on yet. But just in this very precious moment, all is right. And that's why, that's why I try to leave it. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, one thing I, I've experienced that happens uh, in that flow when I feel that way, when I'm in that way, is that sometimes opportunities show up or things happen that I'm like, wow, look at that. I didn't engineer that. But there it was. Oh, absolutely. Some oh, absolutely. Does that happen for you? Oh, it, it's, it's amazing. When, uh, particularly when you're helping another. Uh, you know, so many people in this area, the elderly, that we do things for and that I try to do in, in my, my teaching, that as a result of that, you, you leave a situation with a, a very free mind, a very happy mind, and you're okay, then it's like wondrous things start happening around you and go like, wow, this is pretty cool stuff. You know, it's just you're not, I'm able to see it once I have the, my eye on God, I can see God in all these things. That's that's what I think it is. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's really neat. Yep. And that there really is a lot of freedom in that. It's like sort of takes off some of the burdens I think of having to try to make everything happen. Well, yeah, yeah. 
one of the things that, and I, I kind of wanted to make sure I got this through today, is uh, I hear so many times in these addictive uh, recovery meetings and recovery circles, you know, you've got to push that ego down. You've got to beat that ego down. And I ask them, what is there about you that is not created by the power of greater yourself? What is there? And they all look at you and say, nothing. I am a spiritual being having a human experience. I said, good. Then what, why are you trying to beat your ego up? Why don't you just bring it in line and use the energy and the power of the ego in a good fashion, in a healthy fashion? Because without it, you are not. And they'll look at you like, well, I've got to think about that. Mm-hmm. And this power greater than ourselves that expresses through us, do you think it's, it's not great enough or powerful enough to express through ego? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Is it not ego? Of course it is. So everything about us is good. God is good. Everywhere, all around. You know? So you know, people that, that try to separate good and bad, uh, they have a, a constant battle going on in their head, just constant. And once they let that rest for a minute, and they realize that only good is about us, then it seems like it's okay. Things start happening for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it really does. It changes everything. That's beautiful. Well, our time's just about up. What words of wisdom would you like to leave us with today, Richard? Hmm. What words of wisdom? I think breathe. Just breathe. That's the first lesson I teach everybody that comes to Tai Chi and Qigong. Just breathe. That is the most element um, action of life. We don't think about it. It just does it. It just does it for us. Just breathe. And let all things happen around you. Just breathe. I mean, that's, that's almost a mantra for myself now. Just breathe. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's really, really wonderful. So um, thank you so much, Richard, for uh, being my guest today. And thank you so much for, uh, especially for your continued uh, commitment to, to really full recovery, to, to reaching out, to reaching out for your higher power, to reaching out for people around you. And, and most of all, I love what you just shared a, a moment ago about surrounding yourself um, with people and ways of thinking and ways of doing that are really embedded in an awareness of God's presence, awareness of spirit, awareness of the higher power, and um, how it just really supports you. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was beautiful. Well, as children, we heard birds of a feather flock together. And if I, don't, if I have many people around me that I admire, I hold them in the highest of regard, that's the kind of people I need to associate with. That's right. Well, Richard, thanks so much for being my guest, and um, it's been great having you, just great having you. And thanks so much for sharing with us about uh, freedom and trust. And I know that uh, you will just continue to shine that beautiful light that you are. And uh, listeners, thanks Thank for being with us today. Yep, glad that you're here. And uh, God my bless. My privilege, Anna. And I, I, would, I hope your listeners go look at your database. Uh, maybe it's something I, I said didn't trigger something, but you've had some phenomenal, phenomenal recovery people on your program. And that database is a treasure. Thank you. Yeah, it really is. And I am, I am so grateful. I have just been immensely blessed with the people that are my guests here. It's just amazing, and truly, a higher power brings them. 
is just the truth. So thanks for thanks for saying that. Yeah, we got great archives. All right, y'all have a great week. We'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. the saying a good deed is its own reward well moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward it will also reward you with vibrant health boundless energy an easy way to keep your weight where you want it and according to yogis and unity's co-founder charles fillmore even give a boost to your spiritual life on main street vegan the radio program named for the popular book Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, 
I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.